Hello everyone, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Borat Club, the only podcast on the internet that uh, watches the movie Borat every week and then talks about the movie Borat every week. Um, as always, I am Niall and I am joined by my cohort, my confidant, my good friend, Ryan. Ryan, we're here on Watch 8 and... Uh... We are here on, on Watch 8 from the minds that brought you the Royal Bombs and Joker. It's our That's favorite right. 2006 <laughs> Todd Phillips, Wes Anderson collaboration, Borat. And we are here watching it for the eighth time. Yeah, and... Um... You know, like, I feel like the last couple watches, it's felt like a real slog. Uh, we've acknowledged <laughs> that. Yes, but I think I think, it, I think you're it, very forthright about that. Yeah, but I think it kind of, um, you know, it's, I won't say it was as easy as the first two or three watches, but, you know, it went back to fairly think, yeah, decent yeah, pace this time I, around. I think it turned, I think it turned around a little bit this time. Yeah. I, I will say right off the bat when we started the movie... Before, like, in the literal first second of you starting the video, before the entirety of the 20th Century Fox logo was even on the screen, I just heard you say, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, as you press the play button in the movie started, which I think is fairly telling. I will also say, to kind of set the vibe for this particular recording of Borat Club... Mm-hmm. I did find out right before recording that my toilet is incredibly clogged at the moment. Uh, awesome. Great. I'm going to have some real shit to deal with when we're done recording, and I do mean literal shit, in case that wasn't awesome. clear enough. Yeah, it's awesome. it's real great, real great. So I'm I'm in a great mood for this recording of Borat Club. I didn't take any notes. <laughs> I, have, I have one note after after you talking about the 20th Century Fox logo. So how do we how do we want to approach it this week? Last week we talked a lot about mid 2000s culture. We talked a lot yeah. about sort of the cultural scene that allowed Borat to flourish. And I think this week I would kind of like to start by addressing the burning question that I know is in everyone's mind, which is what if Borat was remade as a gotcha game? Interesting. Okay. So That's, hear me mm, out. Hear me yeah. out. Yeah. So everybody knows that the Gashapon game is a very popular, very lucrative sort mm-hmm. of genre at the moment, especially with mobile right. gaming and whatnot. Right. My idea is that instead of filming a sequel to Borat, because it wouldn't work because everyone is obviously culturally aware of Borat, although it has started to disappear. Right. Instead of filming a sequel, Borat 2 will just be a Gashapon game also named Borat, much like the kind of, you know, Blair Witch, uh, the thing sort of scenario where the remake just has the same name as the original. Sure, sure. And so so there will be a plot. There will be, there will be a plot to the game. The plot is that you are the son of Borat. You are Borat's spawn, his progeny, his seed, his sort of his sort of brood. And you are on a quest to find your dad, Borat, who has gone missing. Ooh, and that's the that's Ooh. the big thing. That's the big thing. So, obviously, the big question is, how are we going to make this into a money-making machine, Niall? Right, that, that's the immediate thing that, uh, that comes to my mind. Like, 
that sound that sounds like a great like narrative based uh game but yeah but my question is you know how do we take this from being a narrative driven adventure game you know like something like a firewatch maybe or a gone home <laughs> and how do we how do we turn it into a uh fate grand order uh a grand blue fantasy uh I can't. I can't remember the names of any other gotcha games that people we know play. Fire how, how, Emblem. Legends, Fire Emblem. Yeah. Fucking. Fucking. Uh, Dilbert EX. I hear is really popular these yeah, days. Yeah, Dilbert EX. Yeah, yeah. that one's really fucked up. There's. It gets real dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess well, my, like you know like the question is what like what are we pulling like what are we rolling the dice to spend our money on you know with with this Borat. Um, Gachapon game. Well, obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of value in having sort of a party-based mechanic, like most of these games, sure. where you roll to get people into your RPG party. And I think I think the best way to do that is bring back everyone's favorite characters from the first Borat, so you can roll like a five-star Linnell. You mm-hmm. can get like a like a like a two star. Well, I was gonna say a two star rodeo guy, but the rodeo guy would be one of the villains of the game. I would yeah, say. he would be. You could get a. Uh, you could get a. You get the car the salesman. Bear. You could get the bear. Yeah, the bear. You could you could get different like kinds you, of Borat. Like you could get like a five star Borat could be like the Mankini Borat. You know that could be like our summer event Borat. Um, you know, you could have uh, like him at the end of the movie as as a type of Borat. Like maybe that's like a two or three star Borat as opposed to just like you know regular Borat that might be a four star or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot of different Borats, like you said. I love the idea of the Mankini Borat as sort of a summer event type thing. Right. Big big fan of that. You can get the nude Borat with the foot long sensor bar. I think that's the mm-hmm. five star. That's the, yeah, maybe the okay. hardest one to find because you really sure. go for sex appeal with these. Naked Azimat, naked Borat. Th- those are going to be five star pools. I think you could get the driving instructor as one of the best supports in the game. You could yes. get the um, gosh, what would be what would be some other good characters? You could get you get the etiquette coach would be one. The etiquette coach, uh, yeah, yeah. You could get like. Uh... Like uh, the dude from the hotel. Oh the, yeah, his, his, his his like little gray patch. He um, he would be he'd be a pretty common pool, I think. Yeah, I feel he like would, he would. He would be a common pool. Uh, the dudes in Atlanta that roast his underwear would also be a common pool. I yes. think another good um, common pool would be the dude with the <laughs> twelve and a half gallon hat at the yeah, that'd store. Yeah, be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could get a. Uh, you could get the shop owner and his wife. They would come as I think a single character, as like a yeah, kind of double trouble situation. You could get the yeah. You could get the uh, the yard sale lady. She'd be a good pull. I she'd feel like be, she'd be. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't take any shit, so I think yeah. she'd be really valuable. And then you have to get in kind of the question of the <clears throat> items you would pull to. I think one of them is obviously the Baywatch magazine. That would be very important. Uh, the bag of shit that he brings into the dinner. Mm-hmm. You could get the, uh, the, uh, I guess the ad that like he uses to call Linnell would be something. Yeah, maybe Linnell can be like a summon. She can be she can be a summon in her her <laughs> her sexy cowgirl outfit that she wears at that one scene. Yeah, I guess the um. Yeah, you could you could have like the Hummer he tries to buy it could be you know a support <laughs> or a summon. 
you could get since, the millionaire mindset. Yeah, you could get the millionaire mindset. Uh, you could get the sack he tries to capture Pamela Anderson in. The bear would be a good support character. Yeah. Um, you could you could get a Koki Bolchek tape, I think. That would, yeah, that would be pretty that good. That would be good. That'd be pretty good. Uh, breast milk cheese, iPod mini. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of there's a lot of options here. I think we've kind of we've kind of come up with a solid structure for this. But do we are we are we sold on just having Borat as the name of this game or should it be like Borat Crossing Fates or Borat Borat Generations or, or Borat Grand Order? What what should yeah. be the branding on this one? Yeah, it sh- it should have like a like it needs to have the subtitle, right? Like it ne- it needs to be like Borat and then, you know, gotcha for make benefit glorious nation of <laughs> Kazakhstan or something. I don't know. I love that. I love that actually. I think <laughs> I think we've got a really solid structure. Again, more characters could be the bed and breakfast owners. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the people at the dinner scene are definitely villains. I, w- I would not want them on my team yeah. if I was playing as Borat. I think another the frat boys would have to be villains, right? The frat like, boys cause... would be villains. The chicken could be a support character. Yeah. The, um, and then of course the man in the cowboy hat slash Wolverine costume is also, yeah, also he'd be, he'd be good. Yeah. I feel like, um, maybe the guy who threatens him on the subway would be good. <laughs> maybe the, maybe the guy in New York who threatens to kick him in the balls, like there's a, there's a lot of options you know you could get a pair of victoria's secret lingerie to increase borat's horny mm-hmm. level you know uh, it's it's all it's all still fairly early in development but i think we've set a fairly good groundwork in terms yeah. of having a design document for this game i do like borat gotcha game for make benefit of uh of, <laughs> of mobile gaming maybe maybe that's the full time yeah something like that yeah gotcha gotcha game for make benefit mobile gaming um I don't know. I think I think the Gasha game is really where my mind's at this week. The Borat. We could even introduce new characters and new outfits, like a Borat sexy Santa outfit, like the mm. red mankini with the Santa hat. We could introduce. We could introduce Linnell's evil twin. We could introduce Bruno. There could be an event where he crosses over with. There Bruno could be. And yeah. the Ali G shows, so they that could would, be. They could yeah. be good pools. We could get like a scary movie edition of Borat, which I guess it's not. Oh scary. god, he's, a, he's, a, he's an epic movie. The epic movie. Epic movie of version. Yeah, that would be there. We could get that um, guy who got arrested in Kazakhstan for like running around in the Mankini. There was like some tourist who did that and got arrested or something. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot we could do with uh, a Borat Kachapan game. Yeah. No, I think. I think we've really laid down some solid footwork, and I hope that once I get sort of the initial design document out after this recording, we can sort of continue to build upon and postulate on the plot of Borat, Gacha Game, Make Benefit, Mobile, Mobile Gaming. So that's kind of that's kind of my big takeaway <laughs> this episode, <laughs> which as you, as you can tell has nothing to do with the film whatsoever, because <laughs> I think that's just going to be the headspace that I'm in from now on. And uh, Niall, I would love to hear any sort of critique you have on the film itself, though. Yeah, I did take a like quite a few more notes. Uh, mostly, like anytime we talked about anything, I kind of noted it down. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, like, so one of the first notes I took, um, and this has nothing really to do with anything we talked about or anything to do with the plot of the movie. Um, uh-huh. That first scene, you know, we all know the one at this point, you know, I, my name is Borat, I like you, whatever. As soon as I saw him today, I, I realized he, like, Borat the character looks exactly like my, like, second grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> except he didn't have a mustache like but he he would like wear the same kind of suits he had the same hair very similar I, I at least i remember him as having a very similar face to borat mm-hmm. so that was the first thing um that really hit me and i think that really set the tone for just me during this watch trying to look at a bunch of things like happening around borat as opposed to like what was going like, on in the movie yeah yeah um one thing i noticed that like was or like one thing i think we've both seen a million times now because how can you not but we've never talked about is when he first gets to the states uh he's like shown at jfk coming down an escalator and he like can't get off the escalator he doesn't know how and he's like holding on to the side of it and it's like dragging him off it and it's really fucking bad but we've never talked about it so i don't think we have i think it's one of those things that i've never really noticed because right before this happens he says a really bad line on the voiceover and i'm always i'm always so busy groaning at that that i completely miss him getting getting off of it so i'll have to watch out for that next time yeah um let's see what else do i have here uh in it when he's on the subway and you know the chicken gets loose uh i was watching the people around him and there's just like one lady who's just like laughing like just like having a great time with all this good good no i'm really glad good yeah yeah that, like yeah. at least somebody is is like thinking this is funny because everybody else is like threatening him at this really point pissed off really pissed yeah. off about this chicken and i mean I I think I think if some dude like got on the subway and just like let a chicken loose on there, I'd probably be pretty pissed off too. I don't know. I think it would depend on the situation for me. If I was tired and angry and kind of just not in a good mood, yeah, I would be pissed. But if I was in high spirits, I think I would probably think it'd be kind of funny. I I am someone who thrives on chaos as you can imagine considering I've sat through 8 weeks of this at some point. Of course. But um I don't know. I think that's the other thing about this show that I really noticed between either this time or the last time we recorded, where mm-hmm. the other show I do, Emoji Drome, we just got to episode 75, which is like kind of a milestone. And like, yeah. And like, whenever we go through, I'm like, wow, we're already on episode 75. I can't believe we've come <laughs> this far. It's so exciting. And then Borat Rod episode 8. And when I say we've watched Borat eight times, my soul just kind of shrivels <laughs> a bit. Like, I feel I feel a small part of me be like, oh, we've done this yeah. eight times. And that's not even double digits, baby. We are still yeah. firmly in single digits on these watches. And I feel like that says a lot about the psychological toll Borat has had on <laughs> me thus far. I think it's yeah. really telling. I think I think it's really starting to um, like get to like I think the gravity of it is starting to reach us both at this point. Like I was I think in so. no mood at all today to watch this. Like, and then like we had um, 
we had hoped that we would have a guest on this week. Uh, and kind of a peek behind the curtain here, we put out a call to uh, our, our, our friends who had mostly voiced uh, support for this and voiced... Um, you know, uh, interest in being on the show. We put. We were originally going to record last night. Nobody wanted to do it last night. Uh, <laughs> nobody responded today when we asked if anyone wanted to do it. Um, so, like, it's like I I, I could have gotten myself more hyped for this. I think had like we had a third on this week but just like the fact that all the people we know who who were like yeah i'll do borat club with you once like now they're just like looking away and like don't even acknowledge it like it's like oh god like (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt maybe they were busy maybe they sure it happens but we've got to get someone on this show where it's going to end after 10 episodes that's just going to be that's just going to be the way that that it is um either that or or (laughs) exclusively exclusively becomes a recorded design document for our borat gasha game which i'm also okay with yeah, I, I feel like I could probably, like, w- like if we never had a guest, I feel like I could probably get to, like, six months with this, but, uh... I, you know what, I placed a lot of stock in my ability to get through this movie, I do not think I would be able to last six months, I'll be wow. honest. I All may, right. I may, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not saying I'm going to drop out of this anytime soon, but I think you may be stronger in regards to Borat than I am. I, I want to do this for a year. I want to do this at least a year, personally. Like okay. I don't know. I don't know if I will manage to do it for a year. I would love uh, to do it for a year. Let me be clear. Yeah, I would too. I like that's like if we could do this for a year, I feel like that would be a a, a great success to to quote our our boy. But um, it'd be very nice. Yeah, it's it we're still like what like 45 weeks away 44 weeks away from that um (laughs) but you know what like at this like at the same time it kind of doesn't feel like in a way like i like i'm like i'm kind of like wow we're already on like eight episodes you know like there's a part of me that like it doesn't feel like you are having the exact opposite reaction that i'm having to this (laughs) yeah where every it... every episode there may have well been 50 episodes between them like as right. far as i'm concerned we could be on episode fucking 84 <laughs> and it would make no difference to me right i i guess like i'm i'm like looking at it being episode eight and i'm like wow we started in like september and it's already november wow yeah like it's yeah. already been two months of this so yeah. you know who knows where we'll, where we're gonna wind up leaving this but um <sighs> I, f- I feel like we we got some juice left in the tank still. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. I I feel like I'm really sort of airing my grievances on this particular episode, but um, that's what it's here for. Like at some yeah. point, that's all this show is gonna be, right? It's just gonna be airing of grievances. So. I don't know. I hope. I I mean, ugh, I I don't know if that's good to listen to. As far as I'm concerned, we could have zero listeners to this podcast if we still <laughs> be doing it. So. Yeah that's kind of that's kind of the vibe i think um do you you shop at ikea at all you you shop at ikea um i don't actually i don't have any ikea furniture in my place at the moment so really okay i i, I don't even know if there's an ikea nearby here that's what i, think I, I guess might be. i guess that's what the problem is is whether or not you have any ikeas near you 
I no, I, there definitely is because I know that like at some point fairly recently my mom called me and was like hey, have you ever tried those ikea meatballs they're really good <laughs> they are. so i so there must be one nearby i just have never been there yeah ikea meatballs are pretty solid i asked because i have this really handy ikea lamp on my desk i'm using to kind of light our particular recording mm-hmm. then i also have a ceramic mug from ikea filled with tea the tea is not from ikea but i figured i should mention it then I'm also sitting in a wheeled office chair from Ikea. Then nice. I have my Ikea bed. I have my Ikea work desk <laughs> with an Ikea work lamp. Also with an Ikea chair over there. I have wow. several Ikea shelves, which was really, you know, really disappointing because Ikea shelves are normally fairly modular where you can kind of put them in various assemblages sure. based on sort of how they interlock. But... I went to go get the square Ikea shelves they had, and I got really hyped up because they had these awful, awful, awful Garfield orange ones on sale for, like, five bucks a pop. And I was like, Mm. oh, hell yeah, I'm going to get so many of these horrible Garfield orange shelves. But I guess the people of Ikea were so horny for discounts that they bought these eye-searing neon orange shelves before I could get any of them. And so I had to settle for it. A very a very subdued gray instead of the very that's bright. unfortunate it is unfortunate it's very unfortunate because it would have matched my garfield telephone that i have yeah one of my friends got me a like full-sized vintage garfield plush toy for my birthday which is <laughs> which is like a it's like just over a foot tall i think Jesus. uh so i'm really i'm really disappointed that i don't have any orange ikea shelves but i did think that i should ask just to kind of get your assessment on the overall quality of the ikea family line of products yeah i i unfortunately can't um can't speak really for the quality of ikea's uh output i guess i've never had any kind of ikea furniture but um you know hearing that you know it's or that they've got uh garfy baby colored stuff like i feel like that like even if it's poor quality that's like right up your alley so i hope oh, you yeah. can like I, I hope you can get your hands on some of that stuff eventually i'll get it i'll get it when i move maybe next time i'll just have a whole bunch because i really what i really need to do is to get kind of a big spread for all my goosebumps books because i've started collecting mm. all the original goosebumps books again now nice, nice. i i did have them as a kid i did have them as a kid I had mm-hmm. almost all of the original Goosebumps books, and then I foolishly got rid of them. I sold them because I was like, I am no longer a child. I do not need such trifling playthings. But now that I'm somewhat older and looking back on nostalgia, I'm like, wow, I should not have gotten rid of those Goosebumps books. That series is real. Yep. It, it, it really slaps. Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, buying things based on nostalgia is... It's a it's a dangerous road to uh to go down. I mean, Borat that Borat kind of happened because of like a weird nostalgia thing. But you know, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm just gonna say like, try and limit yourself to on some level, or you're gonna end up like me, just like trawling eBay for like old CDs that you sold off years ago or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like, don't do that. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's also what I did with my Nintendo 64, is that I sold it when I was a yeah. kid, because I was like, when am I ever going to need to play this again? And yeah, now, did that I, a lot as well. Yeah, I probably I probably would not buy another N64, because I have no reason to. 
but I did have one of the orange ones, which again would match oh, they were my good. my Garfy mm. baby orange shelves. Yeah. What was that one of the um like see-through ones, one of the transparent ones? I think it was. Yeah, I think I had the yeah. transparent <clears throat> orange ones, which yeah, which I had... rocks and rules. Yeah, I had like the um it was like kind of a turquoisey color one. Ah. It was it was it was very good back in the day. Um so Let's talk about Borat's uh, mm. banging soundtrack, mm. uh, as yes, I have yes. noted here. Um, this is one of the best w- parts about this movie. Yeah, th- this is something we haven't really talked about a lot. I think we might actually, like, at some I've, point, have I've touched mentioned. On it. Yeah, like its use of music is relatively sparse, but what's mm-hmm. there is like kind of like really good in most cases let me be clear we are talking about the original soundtrack yes. of borat i think in one scene where they hit the road in the ice cream truck uh it does play born to be wild in the background yeah which it also is a, a dead giveaway that this was directed by todd phillips i think that right. is a, knowing that this was directed by him it's like oh of course of course yeah and uh well, during the frat partially directed partially Yes, of course. And uh, during the frat boy scene, it plays um, You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. It does! It yeah. Does. I, I noticed that for the first time this watch. But the actual OST is, like, really good, honestly. It's, like, it's actually good. It's actually good. I know for a fact I have talked about the song that plays during the hobbies scene at the yes. very beginning. Where it's like... Yes. And it's this it's like this like it's really good but this time we kind of both realize that all the rest of the songs in this movie are also extremely extremely well done yeah there's the one that plays like it, it, it like plays over the graphic of like his like flight i guess like his his flight chart which is you know it's stupid because it's like from kazakhstan to moscow to like somewhere to moscow to somewhere to moscow to like greenland to new york but the song that plays over that is like like, really good there's yeah there's there's like the song that plays during the pool scene with the bear that's pretty good Mm -hmm. um yeah it's you know it's it's a real it's a real solid uh collection of bangers of hits i guess i really love i think it i think it plays during the scene where he's getting saved at like the pentecostal church or maybe yeah or maybe when um it, it, it may play it another part in the movie but where it has those like very heavenly like voices come in in like a foreign language like see i can't i can't yeah. I, can't, I can't get my voice up high enough to do an impression of it but it's like the children's voices doing this very ethereal choir it sounds like yeah. borat is about to experience like third impact a la evangelion as these yeah. heavenly voices ascend him into into another plane of being very yeah i think that choice yeah i think that is um during like like i think that's during the transition out of that scene at the like revival meeting mm-hmm. where like as he's like saying he will forgive pamela and he will go with his friend mr jesus to take her or whatever uh his yeah. verbiage is like i I, th- I think that's when uh, sounds about that, right that song plays yeah yeah um so you wanted me to talk about how much 
or how angry I got during the um like whole dining uh, yeah. exchange. This is now now this is interesting territory for us because I don't think I've ever heard you really get that worked up over this scene before. So I'm interested no. to hear I'm interested to hear what really changed about it for you on, on the eighth viewing. Yeah, I'm I'm really not sure. I think it was just like because it happens, you know, around like three quarters of the way into the movie, maybe slightly after halfway, like maybe between halfway and three quarters of the way through. Uh-huh. But like, I don't know what it is about it. Like he walked into that room today and like something in my brain just went this fucking scene. And like, I th- I think it's just that like, it's so not funny, you know, like it's just like the first time we watched it as it like cuts between the actual like, etiquette lesson and him like actually eating with these people like there was the there was there's that first like shock bit of like him showing like the nude pictures of his kid or whatever to the lady and there's the shock of like oh he he came down with his shit in a bag or whatever but like now it's just like this is so not funny and like most of the rest of the movie is so not funny as well but like this scene especially something about it just it just really didn't sit right with me maybe that was just as well the fact that like i wasn't in the best mood to begin with because i've spent all day working and like (laughs) this was the first thing i did today that wasn't work and (laughs) And, like, it kind of also is work, and I'm just not in the mood because it's Saturday or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it. But for some reason, this scene just really pushed my buttons this week. I was, like, groaning audibly during it, just, like, heavy sighs, just, like... I think part of it is because this is one of the probably one of the longest sequences in this whole movie, too. Possibly, yeah. Like, it, it it does go on for a bit. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, I I like we. I, ag- I agree that it's not particularly funny by this point. There's there's nothing yeah. about it that really makes me laugh. Yeah, and like we we've talked about it before that most of the scenes in this movie are thirty seconds to like two or three minutes long at most, whereas this feels like it's it's probably like five, six, seven minutes, and that makes all the difference in a movie that's otherwise like moving at such a clip. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd it, say so. Yeah, I, I think I think it is actually probably the longest scene in the entire movie, so that probably hurts it. Um, and that make that kind of makes me wonder, you know, like are we gonna get to a point where every week one of us is pissed at a new scene, like <laughs> just because it's dragging too long or something? I don't know. I was pretty pissed about the antique store scene this time around. Yes, so I, I definitely yes. get it. It's just I think part of it is just that. It's so frustrating to have seen this so many times and eventually just realize that this it's just not funny, you know? Like like this is the movie that people lost their shit over. Mm. Like this is it. Like this is that film. And I don't know. It's it's so empty. The true form of Borat is just a black hole, I think. Yeah. It's just I... this endless formless void where no light can escape. And I feel like when you've seen this eight times, you really strip away any emotional pretense and you're faced with kind of the bare reality of of the machinations of Borat, I would say. 
Yeah, I feel like it's really crying out for just like a deleted scene or so- just something like fresh at this point. Like, <laughs> like the idea that like Borat's gonna do something and it's gonna be different this time. Like, it, I, it's just like we, we badly need him to just you know offer us something different. I think at this point because it's the the nature of it is definitely I think what's getting us and yeah that that um, antique store scene is also I think one of the longer scenes in the movie and it's and it's never been funny you know like there like the first time we watched it it wasn't funny the first time we watched it wasn't shocking like it's I thought it was clever the first time we watched it but I didn't laugh at it I don't think right um, yeah so take that how you will right like we've never. <laughs> gotten like a laugh out of it it's never gotten a reaction from us whereas at least with the dinner scene that first time when suddenly he's just like showing pictures of his naked kid and you're like oh okay like that was the kind of thing that stops you in your tracks for a minute and gets a reaction out of you yeah whereas like this is you know like we've said a million times this antique store scene is so obvious from the minute it starts what's going to happen with the wide shot and you know he's just gonna knock something over and it's you know exactly where it's going and it's 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 great it's great on me it's great on me i think um yeah yeah just a touch just a touch yeah just a touch what else did we have to go over this week um let me see here uh i made a couple more notes okay um so i noticed uh according to like the situation he's in and according to like how i think he wants borat to be perceived i'm starting to notice that his accent changes like fairly dramatically throughout the movie um like what like you know he has his standard borat but like at times where he really wants to like play up the ignorant or the like um just like fish out of water thing he really like pitches up his voice and like he really goes for this like childlike delivery like you especially notice it i think um when he's being interviewed on the like tv station absolutely where like he's like all of a sudden like i very excited or whatever you know like it's just something about the way he like changes and like the way borat as a person is malleable um and we've kind of talked about that before is like you know he should know what he's doing when he's on camera because he's a journalist uh, essentially like i think that's that kind of ties into it in some way i don't know if how intentional it was for him to like do that with his voice but like it really bothered me again on this watch um yeah Yeah. it's um i've talked i I think i've touched on that scene before but it's just so weird it it feels really out of place in terms of the character of borat which is what's interesting because this film really does ask you to view this as not viewing borat but viewing sasha baron cohen as an instigator of some degree where where you are not supposed to be seeing this actual character of Borat, you're just supposed to be seeing this man playing this character. But I think we've watched it so many times that we are completely lost in the sauce in that regard, where yeah. we we are just seeing Borat as he is presented to us as a kind of character study of this very odd, very inconsistent, very perverse man. 
I, yes. I, I did. I will say I did not make the mistake that I have the last few times we've recorded where Borat was the only movie I watched for, you know, four weeks at a time. I have mm-hmm. watched some films since the last time we recorded, and one of those was the uh, John Waters movie Multiple Maniacs. And I right. think it's I think it's really interesting comparing something like Borat to something like an early John Waters film mm-hmm. because John Waters is also, you know, supposed to be very shocking, very perverse in a way, that kind of that kind of vibe. But Borat is different because it wants you to be shocked, but it never really does it correctly, I guess. Like mm. I don't know what's 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 shocking and kind of fun and funny about John Waters movies, uh, at least what I've seen of them is that first of all, you know, these people are obviously having fun making this stupid, very juvenile, you know, (laughs) fucked up movie. And it's not stuff like, Oh, wah, wah, we, wah, you know, here I go. Gonna, gonna say things at a rodeo. It's like, I don't know, making it's much blacker comedy, I think is the point. And I think, um, I think for something like this to really work and hold up, you do have to kind of go for a more... I I really don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think... I don't think Borat holds up in terms of shock value, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you're no. just... If you're just looking at this movie for the sake of shock value, it does not deliver after the first and maybe the second viewing. But I think something like a John Waters film continues to deliver because it is so steeped in its own atmosphere, you know? Like, it's, like, Borat is being on the subway and seeing this weird dude standing outside on the platform. A John Waters movie is, like, being on the subway and being in a car full of these weirdos, you know? Exactly. Where you're, where you're, sure. thoroughly, you're thoroughly entrenched in it, and it feels like it takes place in a different universe. And I think that's why... That's kind of one of the reasons this viewing fell flat to me, is because I had that frame of reference, and... Borat has it, it does firmly take place in our reality you know in our real world and it is just this weird guy out there and I feel like I'm rambling a bit at this point but I guess I would just rather be talking about John Waters movies than talking about <laughs> Borat um, well I, th- I think what you can take away from that Ryan is that you know watching movies other than Borat has really harmed your enjoyment of the mm. film Borat of course, of course. Um, I've strayed. I, I, I've strayed from the path. Is what you're exactly. Me. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe you need to, you know, watch more Borat uh, mm. and, and sort of, you know, maybe maybe dip your toes a little bit into, you know, the the, the other works of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. You know, maybe maybe watch some movies that are, uh, you know, a little more a little more in line with Borat you know maybe maybe watch uh, watch some of the movie movies you know like we've talked about you know epic movie would be good maybe meet the Spartans you know maybe you could do that on your um, you know on your free time you know it, it might help you appreciate Borat more and the uh, the subtleties of the movie it very well may it very well might mm-hmm. um, you know, every time I watch a movie from now on, I'm going to stop myself and say I could be watching Borat and just watch Borat again instead. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Not Niall, I would love to hear what else you have to say about this film. I have three more little notes here. Um, so the first one is uh, we talked about the joke he makes at the um, uh, revival meeting uh, a few times where he goes... 
you know, does Jesus love my neighbor? And the guy goes, yes, Jesus loves everybody. Jesus loves your neighbor. And then he goes, nobody loves my neighbor. And after he does that, uh, I noticed for the first time that like one of the musicians in the background, <laughs> like the like the guitarist plays a little lick, like like not a rim shot, but like the equivalent on a guitar, just like a da 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 or whatever, like yeah, yeah. That and... cut, that that particular cut's always super interesting to me because the way it's cut, there is the the amount of reaction time between him saying that and then the laughter is really weird. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, that... it's 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 very off in a weird way. Yeah. It's almost like. He told the joke, and then everyone kind of took a second and then laughed at it. But then yeah. they edited it. They edited it together to make it look like they were all laughing as soon as he said it, which I do not think happened. I think um, I think they were either laughing at something else and they cut it together, or there was a much longer pause and they kind of brought it up to make it seem yeah. like that wasn't the case. Yeah, it, it feels very unnatural. A cut. Um... I also noticed during that scene that uh, there's just like a point of it where I guess I don't I don't know whether it's when Borat is talking or whether the pastor is or whatever. But again, the musicians in the background, one of them is just like grooving on the drums, like laying down a little jazz beat, which (laughs) like and this is kind of a theme for like these last three notes I have is that like I've stopped paying attention for the most part to anything i'm supposed to be and i'm listening to what's going on in the background and looking at people's faces more yeah. than anything else um As i just like i think i i just don't want to engage with the movie very much um on some level anymore which yeah, um we are we are noted borat avoiders at this point uh, yeah at this point really in are. this recording process i will talk about anything else but borat yeah so have you noticed at all in the watches uh yet how often like the because this is this is shot with two cameras have you noticed how often the cameras are getting in each other's way where you're like you're like seeing the other cameraman i actually have not noticed that no really because i noticed it like six or seven times during this really okay that's something new to watch out for okay yeah uh there's let me think off the top of my head here there's the it happens a couple of times in the uh, hotel room fight. It happens okay. once, uh, once when, once or twice when they're just like driving in the ice cream truck. It happens at the uh, at the bed and breakfast. You can see like the boom mic guy. Um, uh, it happens uh, after he gets tackled. Um, like when he's chasing Pamela Anderson, you can see the camera, and there's at least one or two other times. So like, I hate that I'm noticing now that like, you can see the cameraman's like feet at one point when he gets in the elevator at the mm. hotel. Okay. Because um, there's like that shot where they're like pointing down um, uh, as he's like taking stuff out of his bag in the elevator, and you can see like, I don't know if it's the camera or the boom guy, but you can see somebody else like their legs and feet um yeah i i i have started noticing all this now and it's really upsetting (laughs) well Um, you know it's like it's like when you look at the fabric of the universe for so long you really start to notice the threads that compose it and we have certainly stared into the fabric of borat more than any human being 
really really should i think yeah i I think certainly from the standpoint of um like consumers of it as opposed to people making (laughs) it most most certainly um Uh Uh and uh that brings me to my last note which again the fabric of like the makeup of all this uh so people probably are aware that like nobody has a perfectly symmetrical face um but but normally our brains like trick us into not noticing it but i have stared at this movie and stared at sasha baron cohen so long now that in that last scene of the movie where he's like back in his hometown the only thing i could focus on was like noticing the slight asymmetry in his in the two sides (laughs) of his face and i I, I I don't know what that says. I don't know what like all the stuff that I'm picking up in the background is is like saying. I maybe I am like in a much worse place than I think I am as far as this movie goes. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's something I should never be noticing is like those like slight details in his face. I think eventually what happens is that this is going to be the beginning of either a Junji Ito story where <laughs> something horrible happens to us or we yeah. are going to look at this film for so long that we accidentally discover it tells us the identity of the Zodiac killer. Yeah. Like there's there's going to be some hidden coded message in this film and we are the only God. human beings to ever find it. it. It could well happen honestly at this point. Oh my god! That I'll I'll put a pin in that on our next thing before it. I will look for any and all clues to the identity of the Zodiac Killer as contained in this film. Yeah, I I don't know why I've just remembered this also, but you brought up a point towards the end of the movie about what if you died and went to heaven and oh yeah 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 I, I and, wanted, I and God to told you this was his favorite movie it was yeah Borat. yeah. So my my exact question to you was. What if you died and went to heaven, and and this was God's favorite movie? Would you still go into heaven, or would you just turn around and go to hell instead? And I think that in both situations, you would be watching Borat. You'd be watching Borat in hell, and you'd also be watching it in heaven. So I guess the question is, do you watch it in ostensibly a more comfortable scenario, but have to live with the knowledge that is considered by the creator of the universe to be the most perfect film ever, or do you just go to hell and watch it as you would have to anyway if you died? Because when we die and go to hell, Nile, we will be watching this movie for all yeah, eternity. <laughs> that if if that is a is a, is not our punishment, I would be absolutely stunned. Um, We're going to be point. transformed into Borat and have to watch this movie. So every morning, <laughs> when when we wake up in hell at four thirty a.m. We will have to have to look at ourselves in the mirror and see the face of Borat. We're gonna clock in uh, at the Borat station of hell, I guess. <laughs> All the now, little ghouls now, and goblins dressed up like Borat in their mankinis. Okay, okay. Now, now listen to this. Here's my pitch. What if instead of being tortured by Borat in hell, they were like, "Hey, you two know more about Borat than any human being alive." Would you like a job in the Borat section of hell, using this knowledge to torture other people? Oh, God. Um, I think that's also a viable option here. That's... We, we, mm. we get to be, like, like junior managers in the Borat section of Eternal Damnation. 
<laughs> so we're we're essentially just like the guy who runs the GameStop location or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we 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 have some degree of authority, but we're definitely not at the top of the stack. Eventually, well, I... <laughs> eventually, we could work our way up to Borat Architect, but for now, for now, we're just overseeing the minor punishments, like having people relive the frat boy scene over and over again. I you know? what I just want to know, like, aside from you and I. Who the fuck is going to hell and being punished by having to watch Borat? Sasha like, Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. We are the two stewards of Sasha Baron Cohen's own private hell. Where he has oh to... Where he has to Here it is, here it is. Sasha Baron Cohen goes to hell and is made to watch Borat on the loop for all eternity. And the two of us are there as Borat. But we're also in kind of like a Twin Peaks Red Room slash Persona Velvet Room type outfit. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of this weird abstract sort of thing where we personally are actually getting revenge on Sasha Baron Cohen for making this movie, where where we are we are allowed through our oh suffering and our martyrdom of watching Borat to have the privilege of torturing Sasha Baron Cohen for all eternity with his own film. See, I was gonna. I, I would have thought like maybe the punishment for the frat boys would be having to watch their scene for over and over for eternity, but like, God, the idea of having to torture Sasha Baron Cohen with his own movie. But like, he probably likes his movie. Like, he's still he's still going out there. Like, he did the Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon or whoever it was thing last year, so he must not hate Borat. Right? Well, he doesn't hate it yet. But if you have to watch this every second of every day for a literal infinite number of years can you imagine what that would do to a person i yeah i mean watching it eight times in eight (laughs) weeks has done this to us so like that's that's going to be when we upgrade our album art i'm going to commission someone to draw two borats in hell with a tv screening the film borat between them and that's so it, be, that's going to be our new podcast art there's it's it's just going to be like us in mankinis in hell watching this movie <laughs> yeah i mean why not why not at this point you know i'm 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 just like running or i just ran like a calculation there you could watch Borat by my calculations around like sixteen times in a day. Um, like if you watched it for twenty four hours straight, like it's an hour and a half. So oh. you know, that's oh, six, okay. sixteen watches in a day. So like, can you, you would effectively like be watching Borat sixteen times a day, probably? Or I guess okay, actually, me, hang on. Me, well, if hell if hell is like shift work, right? Like, let's see one. Like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's an eight you, you hour keep, shift. Yes. You keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna figure this out. So you'd be watching it in an eight-hour shift five times a day with a with like a, a break for lunch, I guess. Um. <laughs> so if you watch if you watch Borat all day every day, twenty four seven, you would mm-hmm. get five thousand eight hundred forty viewings of this film in a calendar year. So if you did that for ten years, it would be fifty eight thousand viewings of Borat. And then uh, it just the numbers just keep going up from there. So what you're saying, so so in your okay, well I'm so here's here's my question. In your fiction, we are we are clocking in to our job in hell of boring. Yeah. Are are we clocking in to be tortured, or are we clocking in to be the stewards of the torture? Is what's important for me to know. I mean, I feel like it's either one. You know, you're either clocking in. You know, like I feel like being tortured. You know, yeah, like you you. you 
you come in at nine in the morning, you clock in, you leave at five, you know, you that's if you're you know <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'm gonna say. I love this idea of this eight hour torture day you've kind of yeah. you've kind of, you've kind of set up for hell. I will say I will probably only be able to do sort of a half shift for the Borat torture because I guarantee you there's going to be a lot other departments of hell trying to get their hands on me when I finally <laughs> die. I'm going to be I'm going to be in that furry <laughs> section of hell everyone always talks about. So God. you're going to catch me coming into Borat some days with my ears and tails still on. That's going to be real embarrassing. Uh, I don't know. I I do I do love this fiction we've kind of we've kind of set up here. It's much more fulfilling for me than actually talking about the film Borat because I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie today. I think I think I'm pretty tapped. I have one more thing, and and it, it's still on this idea. But like, what if you clock in? You know, you clock in. You go. You you watch Borat for eight hours or whatever. You come home. You turn on. You know your TV. Uh, but the only thing on is Borat. So, you know, like, there's that extra little bit of punishment there that, like, or, the only thing or, that's ever on is Borat. Borat and Married with Children are the only two things you can watch. Yeah, and, all. J- and Jingle All the Way, because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you can only watch Borat and other Borat-approved products. So there's Borat, there's Bruno, and then there's Jingle All the Way and Baywatch. And those are the only four things you can watch in hell. Yeah. I think he watches Cops at one point as well. He does right? watch Cops. Yeah, so. He does. You can get Cops or you can get Live PD if you have the premium Hellcat subscription. I, I, I don't want to watch Live PD. <laughs> you don't get a choice. You're in hell. I know, but like I've, 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 I've heard enough about Live PD to know I don't ever need to see Live PD. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I think uh, I think I'm pretty much I think I'm pretty much done. Yeah, Is there anything else you want to so. add for this week? Uh, not really. I think that uh, that about wraps it up for um, Watch Eight of Borat. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Next time we will actually have uh, a, a victim to <laughs> to practice for uh, when we die and go to hell. I guess. Yeah. Um, somebody to take on the analog role of Sasha Baron Cohen for the week. Um, yeah, so Ryan, where can everyone find you online? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Sewer Peak. Uh, you can also find me on my other podcast, Emoji Drome, which is at Emoji Drome on Twitter. Andy Claire from Friends at the Table and I talk about a different emoji every week. At the time of recording on this one, we just did the skull emoji, which was a lot of fun. Nice. So, uh, so go go check that out. Niall, what about you? Uh, yeah, I don't have a personal Twitter account, so as always, you can follow this show uh, at Borat Club. You can email us uh, at BoratClubCast at gmail.com. We really want to hear your thoughts on Borat if you've watched it. We still haven't had anybody like actually like tell us that they've no wait no wait we did because wheels told us right that he had watched it but nobody yes. else has uh so it's been about a month now since anybody has uh has let us know how they feel about their watch of borat um please let us know we're dying to know um and yeah you can also find my video game stuff at videogamechoochoo.com uh yeah that'll uh that'll about do it for this week on borat club we will see you next week uh for episode nine and then every week thereafter for the rest of time um yeah thank you as always ryan for joining me and uh we'll see you around
Thank you, Niall. I'll see you in hell.